Hello and welcome to Encounter, the show that brings you the life-changing encounters of ordinary people that launch them into lives of extraordinary mission. Encounter is co-production of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. My name is Dan Dimite, and I'm joined here with my good friend and brother in Christ, Patrick Rice. How are you, hey, Patrick? Dan. I'm so good. Oh, it's great to have another episode of Encounter Radio. I'm excited for today because I think we are going to bless people by uh, just speaking about the greatness and the goodness of our God-named Father. I'm just so excited. So can you open us in prayer, Patrick? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We bless your holy name. Father, we thank you that you're pouring out a spirit of reverence, that you're pouring out wisdom. And I pray that today, when we hear um, this testimony, when we, when we share about what you're doing, that there be an increase of righteous and holy fear of you, God, a fear that will lead us uh, from, from, from fear of man into awesome faith. Faith like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, in Jesus' name. Amen, Lord. I'm just so grateful for who you are, so grateful for your love. And I just pray that you would unleash the heavens with just an outpouring of love, that people would come to know your love more. They would hear all their affirmation from you, that they would know that they are loved, that they are cherished, that they are valuable, that they are worthy, not because of what they do, but because of who they belong to. So, Father, just um, we just pray for a healing of an orphan spirit today. Anyone who doesn't know who they are and who they belong to, that you would heal them and bring them home, make them sons and daughters in you, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, Patrick, so many people um, walk around the world not knowing who they are. I've never walked around the world. You've never walked around the world? No, it's a oh, long walk. Man. Okay, so many people walk on the world. <laughs> okay. I'm following you now. Yeah, okay, that's good. In different stratas of human civilization, not knowing who they are. And, I, I, and today we're going to bring on a good friend of ours. He was in our youth group, right? So he, he was, uh, ironically, he was in both of our youth groups. For yep. And so so that's awesome. His name is Matthew Turek. And um, he he's, he's young, but he speaks with the wisdom um, uh, of just a giant. I just love it. And Yeah, he's um, one of those kids in youth group that you're like, are you real? Like, are you <laughs> messing you with me? Or are you just, are, are you really that awesome? Um, <laughs> this has got to be a And then it trick. was like a realization, man, this is not me. This is God yeah. <laughs> having an influence here. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. And, and I think one of the things that um, Matt's really going to break open is this idea of healing an orphan spirit where so often we can, um, you know, we were baptized and we are incorporated into the family of God the Father, and we've became sons and daughters of the Father. And um, but so many of us still live with an orphan spirit, where we feel isolated and alone and unaccepted and unloved and uncherished, and and we feel like orphans when we're actually sons, and not only sons, but we're heirs to the kingdom of God. Like we are, we are made light and we are made royalty, and yet we. We don't experience that all the time. And Matthew's going to walk us into the experience of that. I'm all about the experience because that is actually what brings faith. You know, without faith, it's impossible to please God. True or false, Dan? True. That sounds politically incorrect, but that's that's Roman. That's Hebrews 11. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And without faith, the sacraments are, um, you know, they, they actually lack the power that they're supposed to communicate. And I think that that's what you're talking about. We have people that have been sacramentalized, but not evangelized in faith. And it's the encounter with God in faith that actually brings alive that sonship, which brings alive the Holy Spirit. 
that, you know, we don't know how to pray as we ought, but with inexpressible groanings, we cry out, Abba, Father. Mm. That's what in a, the Bible, Dan. Yeah, I, You know, I've heard it once or twice. Yeah. Yeah. So good. <laughs> I was wondering where that came from. So why don't we, uh, why don't we start our show today with just an act of faith? And I think sometimes an act of faith is... Uh, it's just a proclamation that I believe this and I want the Father to make this reality manifested in my life. And so, um, listeners, I'm just going to encourage you to repeat after me, and we're just going to pray an act of faith. So, God the Father, I believe God that, the Father, I believe that you are real. I believe that you're real. I believe that you love me. I believe that you love me. I believe that I am worthy because of you. I believe that I'm worthy because of you. And I believe that I am your child. And I believe that I'm your child. Amen. Amen. Isn't that amazing? And it's so simple, right? That like, I believe you're real father and I believe you're my father and I, and I'm your child. And, and if, if we get that first building block, uh, down, if we understand that what it does is it unleashes, it, it, it opens up a whole new, um, breakthrough in our spiritual life. Amen. So, uh, the, uh, and, I think, Patrick, what are some of the symptoms when we don't know the Father's love and when we, we live with an orphan spirit, what happens to us? Well, we, if we don't know the Father's love, see, we have a God-shaped love hole in our heart. We're made for love. We're made from love and we're made for love. And so if we don't receive his love, his affection, um, and, and his approval, we're going to seek that somewhere else. And the somewhere else is always going to be inferior and it's always going to leave, leave an emptiness and a longing. And so it's that, you know, we're ultimately going to desire, you know, something less than what God actually has for us. Yeah. And I think a, a lot of times we try to find approval in the acceptance of others. And we're just like, oh, my goodness, if only if only I could be acceptable in the eyes of these people, if only I could be loved by this person, if only I could receive um, affirmation from from this group of people, then uh, then I'd be satisfied. And like you said, it, it always pales in comparison and leaves us unsatisfied to actually just receiving the Father's love. And I think uh, I experienced just such breakthrough in my own life when um, my relationship with the Father became a relationship of, of just receiving 100% affirmation from Him, right? That like mm-hmm. that I, w- I would be able to uh, approach Him as His son. You know, like I, I have a son and he's eight years old and like I love just telling my son that I'm proud of him, you know, like I'm proud oh, yeah. of you and I love you and you're amazing. And like, I never tire of telling my son um, how proud I am of him, even when he isn't doing all that great. Like after he, he gets off the wrestling mat and maybe he didn't do the best, I'm not going to be like, dude, you sucked. You know, like, I'm going to be like, oh, dude, you are amazing. You worked hard. I'm proud of you. And like that um, prayer is simply a time where we're entering in to relationality with our father and we're mm-hmm. listening to him um coach us and love us and 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 tell us um that we're we're valuable we're worthy we're acceptable and he's proud of us it's so good i love it and when we have that when we flow from that it's just like boom breakthrough where it's no longer like oh shoot i need to make sure this person tells me they're proud of me or this person tells me i'm worthy because now all of a sudden it's like oh I already feel loved. Like I already feel so accepted because the father has loved me and he's accepted me that I'm just going to live in his acceptance and, and allow, um, uh, allow that to be enough. <laughs> um, Amen. And, it, and our life is reversed, right? Where when, when I don't know the father's love, I take from people. But when I know the father's love, I'm able to give to people. 
And Amen. because I'm always like, oh shoot, like okay, I don't, I don't feel loved, I don't feel affirmed, I don't feel valued. I, I and, and so I, I, I try to take, take, take to feel that. But when I feel so loved and affirmed and valued, now all of a sudden my lifestyle has been transformed and I'm no longer a taker, but I'm a giver and I'm an outpouring gift. And it's like, wow, I've received all this love from the Father and I've received all this affirmation from the Father and I can't help but make sure that every single person that I encounter knows that reality as well. And like, it's just like light switches where it's like at once I was in the darkness because I didn't know and I, I didn't receive, but now that I've known and I received, I can't help but evangelize because I want people to have that same experience. And we, we we're and not... that might sound crazy, yeah, or like not real, <laughs> yeah. But here, here's the deal: like, if you experience it, it's real. Okay, yeah, it, it, it really is. Dan's not just uh, blowing some hot air there, exactly. And that's why we're doing this this radio show because we've been compelled by the love of God, and we realize, wow, this is the solution to every problem. And, and yeah. evangelization. It's not communism, Dan. It's <laughs> it's Jesus. It's Jesus. I really <laughs> thought communism was a solution. Dang it! I gotta... Yeah, I'm I'm really sorry. Material equality. I mean, M- Matthew, who we're bringing on, he's a material science major. Oh, Just like yes. you know, it's not about communism. It's about science. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So that the and I I think it, sometimes we say like uh, you hear people say like oh, I just feel like evangelization is so hard and. And I think when you're overflowing with the Father's love, evangelization becomes easy um, because you're not afraid of being rejected because you're already acceptable in God's eyes. So there's no fear of man. But then also you're you're sharing out of re- relationality. You're sharing a relationship that you've experienced and giving, just communicating that joy and that love as opposed to trying to change someone's uh, mind about a bunch of different issues. Uh it's, yeah, did you know, Dan, that Christian, Christianity is not an ethical choice or a lofty idea? Oh, wow. It's the encounter with a person that gives life a new horizon and a decisive direction. That sounds like a quote from someone. Who, who said Wouldn't that? Wouldn't it be sweet if that was my quote? It's not. <laughs> it's not your quote. <laughs> it's yeah. Pope Benedict. Pope Benedict. And that's actually one of the yeah. main reasons that inspired our show, right? That it's not that um, – that, Christianity is not just about this ethical decision. It's not um, an ideology or a philosophy. It's it all flows forth from encounter. And Benedict also he he went on to say he said if one does not encounter Jesus Christ, he is not Christian. And I I think that seems like so offensive, right? Initially, it's like whoa, like who are you to say someone's not Christian? But like that's powerful, right? Like if it, that it's the encounter with Christ that makes us Christian. I love it. Word. All right. We're going to take a quick break, Patrick. We're going to come back. We're going to welcome on our good friend. We're going to hear about the Father's love. Friends, you're going to get blasted today. And then I... we should pray at the end. What wow. Do you think? I think that's always good. That's always good. good. So we're going to close right. the show today with some powerful Father love prayer. All right. We'll be right back. I have a new book called I Am. It's about stopping negative, self-defeating self-talk and replacing it with the life-giving, uplifting words God says about you. After all, you're his child who he found worth dying for and who he destined for eternal glory. One sad obstacle I've encountered from church-going folks to this book is the idea that God wants us to beat ourselves up. They think it's holy to put themselves down, to say, I'm just dirt, I'm nothing. After all, at every Mass we say, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Well, that's true, but you need to remember what happens within moments of you saying you're not worthy. The God of the universe comes to you in Holy Communion. God replies, I declare you worthy, not because you have it all together, but because you're mine. 
True humility is reality, friends. And the reality is you need to start living, thinking, and carrying yourself like you have royal blood. Because believe it or not, it's true. For more from my book, I Am, visit rewriteyourname.com. I'm Chris Stefanik from Real Life Catholic. Hello and welcome back to Encounter, the show that brings you the life-changing encounters of ordinary people that launch them into lives of extraordinary mission. All right, Patrick, the time has come. We are going to welcome in our good friend, Matthew Turk. Now, I don't know if you know this, Patrick, but Matthew Turk is a freshman at the Ohio State University. He is, yeah, go Bucks! Like he's a spiritual giant at the age of eighteen. So this is going to be powerful. He's also a a material science whiz. So he's studying material science. I don't even know what that means. And uh, so we're humbled by the the mastermind we are bringing on right now, ladies and gentlemen. Let's welcome Matthew Turk. Hey, how's it going, everybody? (laughs) Matthew, it's so good to have you on the show. So. So um, we're just excited to, to hear your story, hear how like you've um, been just touched by the Holy Spirit and by God the Father. So why don't you share just a, a little bit about how you came to faith in Jesus Christ and fell in love with him? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it all really begins in the family. I think that's that's ultimately mm. how it always starts. Um, I'm into that. Yeah, I, I was one of six kids. Uh, I was number three in our family. So I, I always was kind of struggling for this sort of identity, right? Yeah, the, uh, so the, the middle kid syndrome. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like my See older me. siblings, I always felt like they were kind of forging their own thing. And my younger siblings were always, you know, they were the babies of the family or whatever. Who am I? Exactly. <laughs> uh, so I, I really began life uh, just trying to, to struggle for that identity. Um, and I, I ultimately saw the faith that my father had. My, my dad was really into his faith. Um, and I... I wanted that. Um, mm-hmm. And so from an early age, I became like the Catholic one of our family. Uh, and so that ultimately just meant like I I knew a lot of facts about the faith. I love saint stories. I was all about the saint stories. Um, I still am. Uh, but uh, that kind of became my thing. Even throughout uh, early elementary and things like that, I became like, I think some people called me the Bible geek at one point. Oh, nice. That was nice. Good. That's, a good, um, that's a good nickname. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> But I never really understood what it meant uh, to have a relationship with Jesus in that regard. Um, And it wasn't until uh, my sixth grade year uh, going to Catholic Youth Summer Camp, um, I remember sitting in adoration one night and hearing uh, the words of the Father for the first time uh, very audibly. But I I think the way I've compared it before— it is like you're at uh, like a family reunion and your mom is like, oh, yeah, that uh, that's your uncle over there. And you hear his voice. Uh, you know that that's him, but you don't know him. Mm. and you, you don't really recognize the voice. Yeah. Oh, right? crazy uncle. Yeah. No exactly. one wants to treat God the father like crazy uncle John. Right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, <laughs> don't go over there. <laughs> that's God the father. Yeah. So you hear his voice. What is that like? What do you mean by that? Like for those who maybe have never heard the father's voice in prayer, how do you like... How do you explain that? Yeah. Um, so I think as I was sitting there, I can recall hearing in the voice of my mind and the same voice that I, I hear in my imagination, um, just words of recognition of him really seeing me mm. uh, for the first time of just saying, like, you are my son. But I don't think I internalized that. Mm. Um, yeah. And I, I remember going to to camp and to, to Catholic Youth Summer Camp, excuse me, after that for the next few years and having a similar experience. Um, 
of hearing those words in my imagination, um, but not really recognizing what they meant. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until uh, my freshman year of high school, I was on this retreat, it was this fall retreat, and I remember the first thing that was said on this retreat, they, they, they said, you know, there's nothing that we can say that's going to impact your heart any more than what Jesus can say directly, uh, so we're going to shut up. Mm -hmm. And we just had adoration throughout the entire retreat. Um, and I remember sitting, it was like 1 or 2 a.m., some crazy late night holy hour, uh, and hearing for the first time and recognizing uh, the words, you know, you are a son, you are loved, uh, you don't deserve this love, but I pour it out freely. Um, and that's really what really catapulted my heart into uh, something real uh, with Jesus and recognizing that I actually desired a relationship less than or more than uh, just like a textbook understanding of who he is uh, and of, of the stories about him. Because um, I've always been a story guy, but I think it's just so much more impactful to actually meet someone instead of hear a bunch of stories about them. Yeah, yeah. I think that's fascinating because I, I, I think we've probably all met the kinds of Catholics that <clears throat> know a lot about the they they just they they're really pumped up and excited about Catholicism and the the teachings and the dogmas and the morality and the doctrine and all of that and they're just boom 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 boom. Um, but then like as you dive into conversation with them, you're like, well, is there relationality? Like, right. it has, is it? Are you excited about the teachings or are you are you in love with the teacher? And, right. And there's a huge difference, right? And yep. uh, that's awesome, amazing. So like, what was that like when you were struggling with your identity? Was it like? Um, uh, a feeling of loneliness and then no longer a feeling of loneliness or how would you explain the the, the transition from coming to discover uh hearing the voice of the father saying like you're my son you yeah um so like i said before uh, i i always put my identity in in how i saw my earthly father and how i i perceived that he was seeing me right uh, among all of his six kids and i think because I saw the division, I suppose, in his heart uh, for all of his kids, really it was just a distribution of his love, um, I perceived that as me being less worthy of love. Mm. Uh, and it wasn't until I heard those words from the Father directly that I realized that I, I putting my, uh, my identity in something on this earth is just not going to bring me any joy whatsoever. Mm -hmm. That ultimately it is only uh, putting your identity in something that is never going to to decay or, or to fail you. Uh, is that that's the only way that you can <laughs> really rise above this feeling of loss and this feeling of loneliness, as you said. Um, and it wasn't until I, I put my my identity in and hearing these words and then really internalizing them from the Father. Uh, that I ultimately uh, received a peace in that regard. And I, I didn't need uh, to do something in order to earn someone's love. Mm, amen. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's just the greatest message ever. I don't have to, I don't have to perform. I don't have to do to earn the Father's love, right? His, his love is just there. I, John Paul II said, you're not the sum uh, uh, of your failures and weaknesses. You're the sum of the Father's love for you, you know? Mm, and like your exactly. your worth and your value comes from who he is and his love. So the... Uh, so how did how did life change after that? Yeah. Uh, so from that point, I, I really decided uh, to intentionally uh, try to to dedicate every part of my life to Christ, and that began first uh, by actually founding a meaningful personal prayer life. Mm. Um, because I think prayer up until that point was just a recitation of words uh, and not a conversation with someone. Um, and 
from after that point, after hearing those words and after internalizing them, I, I just recognize the fact that a father wants to hear his children's voice in the same way that a, a child wants to hear their father say, I love you every single day and in every single moment. Uh, so that was the first foundational part of how my, my life was really changed. Uh, what, what age was this? This was freshman this year? This is freshman year in, of high, in school. high school. That's yeah, yeah. crazy. Okay, awesome. Praise the Lord. Um, <laughs> normal freshman experience. <laughs> you know, it should be normal. Uh, it should be normal. <laughs> Amen to that. Um, aside from that, uh, it was really trying to bring that newfound identity into my normal life or what I would, because I think a lot of times, uh, a lot of kids have like retreat lives and then they have, uh, you know, their normal like school going life, um, where there's not a whole lot of crossover, but I just recognize I don't want to just have these, these experiences on retreats. I want to have them in everyday life. Mm -hmm. I want to have that sonship in everyday life. Um, and so it was a lot of working to bridge that gap and, uh, foundational to that was uh, just first recognizing that uh, it was just not essential to try to appease my peers. Uh, that was something I, I've worked on for, for years, and it's something that I found a lot of freedom from in high school. Uh, just like uh, these individuals surrounding you, although they might not uh, like endorse what you're, you're about, ultimately you shouldn't care. That you just should not care in the slightest about what their opinion of you is, because your identity isn't in uh, how you appear to them or yes. how you know you you appear to to anyone in general. So, Patrick, I think Matthew. I, I yeah, I think he just rocked. Like, I think that's one of the most fu foundational truths of human existence that Matthew <laughs> just threw out there. And it's not. It's not just like um, that. Doesn't just apply for high schoolers right like i think we it applies for adults everywhere right that like in college in your in your professional life like so often you see adults going to work concerned about what their peers think about them and it's like wait a second <laughs> like if if you are so satisfied in the father's love and you get all of your consolation and all of your affirmation from the father it doesn't matter what other people say right yeah. like and it doesn't matter what other people think i get all affirmation from the father other people's affirmation isn't what's important. What were you going to say, Patrick? Sorry, I cut well, you my, off. My question was, I mean, I think everyone wants that, but how do you get that? Like, oh, what's the yeah. secret sauce, man? Mm. What would you say to someone that's like, yeah, I'm sick of, uh, I'm, I'm sick of fearing, man. How do I, you know, break through and, and, and do that? What, what, what did it for you, man? Yeah. I, I so for me, I know, uh, a lot of it was small, or I, at least beginning small, intentional acts that you knew people were either going to look at you funny or, or just think that you're being ridiculous. So I, I think I started with something that just wasn't associated with faith in the slightest. And that was just like I don't know, doing something funny with your shirt or something like that. And people would notice and they'd think you're a goofball. And then slowly moving that into just like speaking the fact that like Jesus is your Lord and your King. Um, in like normal conversation and people are, they get kind of freaked out. But like after you've had these small little bits of like, Oh, people are already weirded <laughs> out by you. <laughs> oh, he's that crazy guy exactly. over there. So it's normal. Like, that he's yeah. <laughs> then people, they don't really care. And you don't care in the slightest either that you've been able to kind of ease into that. I think some people uh, are more capable of just like dropping at a hat. I wasn't that person. Uh, I, I had to ease into this life truly lived in freedom um, and I, that's still something that I grow in all the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, and sometimes I, I really have to step into like, this is going to be a really uncomfortable situation. Um, 
but I don't really care um, because Jesus is Lord and that's just so much more important. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, that's... So, Matt, I, I have a challenge for you. Yeah. Um, I want you to write the 12-step program to overcoming the fear of man. Okay, oh. come on. <laughs> put it on our website. You got uh, that? I'm ready. Yeah, I love brother. that. Yeah. Come on. I love step that. Step one, untuck your shirt. <laughs> step, step two, say God bless you when people sneeze. Yeah, <laughs> come on. I love that. Yeah, yes. and for listeners, if you don't know, I mean, Patrick and I both know Matthew, but you're like one of probably what you're defining here. You are probably like just one of the most free people I've ever met when it comes mm. to the opinions of others. And it's not like you're free and not loved. Like you're yeah. loved by everyone and uh, you're you're cool and approachable and like, but at the same time, you're free from the opinions of others. And I just think you're a great witness um, to me in my own life of just like how to live in freedom and how to be who God's authentically called you to be. So how, when you were in high school and you were, uh, if you will, like growing in freedom, how uh, when when you felt pressures from other people, mm. um, because I, I think you went to an all guys school, so like that that can that sometimes that even adds pressure, right? And so when you were in that like kind of environment of like trying to blend in with like a, a stereotypical masculine culture, mm-hmm. like how did you what did you do in response to that? Because I'm sure sometimes there were times where you were like, oh shoot, what should I like? How did you respond? Yeah, I so with within this uh, this all-male atmosphere, I, I think a lot of times there was a kind of a power dynamic where everybody felt powerless, so they wanted to express some sort of power over one another mm. by degrading each other and by, uh, you know, talking about uh, all sort of uh, just immoral things a lot of times. Um, and in trying to live in freedom and live in a conviction that, like, there's a better life than that, uh, I think a lot of times uh, it just came came down to me just saying boldly, like, I think that's wrong. I don't care if you think that I'm loony, but you have to have some sort of conviction in your life. And I'm I'm really convicted that what you're saying is wrong. Or if like that just didn't work. uh, Sometimes it took the, the physical, uh, the physical witness of just being like, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to walk away because Mm. that's just so important uh, to walk away uh, from from that sort of life, both physically as well as spiritually. Um, and sometimes that's really what it took. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, amen. And adults, I just want us to be convicted of this if you're listening to the show, because I think, uh, once again, I think what we often, as a youth minister for so many years, like what I would share with the young people and like encourage them how to evangelize and how to, uh, yeah, like walk away in, in times of just inappropriate conversations exactly. or to speak out against it. Like, um, I think sometimes we... we expect that from our youth, but then we as adults don't do the same, you know? And, well, that's because I'm in a secular work environment and it's just, and, and that's just not like it's, yeah. it, it, if, if we have the power to challenge our young people to do that, we should do it ourselves. Right. And I, I think that's just so beautiful. Yeah. I, I have had so many conversations with people lately where, you know, they'd be like, well, this is just like kind of the culture people are living in. And I'm, I, I've been telling them, I've just been, you know, you have to be convicted about something, uh, and it just shows such weak moral character uh, unless you're you're willing to be like, you know, actually, I'm going to step out in this moment and I'm going to speak against this or I'm going to live against this in a very real way. Mm, yeah, man. So people who um, interact with you, you, you're bold, you you speak, you often speak what needs to be said, um, but those people don't feel unloved or judged, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and, Exactly. And so how do you, 
Um, and you were in a theater environment for a number of years as well. And sometimes a theater environment, there's a lot of immorality associated sure. in, in those environments. So how did you call people out and witness to the, to the light of Christ in a, in a way that made people feel loved and accepted? Cause I, I that's a, that's a yeah. secret sauce too. Yeah. I, in that environment, um, I think one of the greatest witnesses I had, um, was, was trying to be as, as invitational as I could. Because uh, I think a lot of times in those sort of environments, and I think in in athletic environments as well, uh, there's a mindset of competition, and you have to like one up one another. But I, what I tried to to really bring about in my own life was like, you know, actually, I want to to bring you to some sort of achievement that's better, uh, because I, I'm not here just to find my own glory, but I'm, I'm here to grow a community first. And I'm also here to to really help you become a better person and, and what we're both pursuing here. And um, I think uh, other times, I think, uh, I think especially in high school in general, um, there's just such an inclination to, to use um, just like very vulgar language as well. And that was something I tried to fight against a lot uh, in that theater environment as well, uh, in that there are like just so many better ways of, of expressing oneself, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I, I tried to, uh, to, uh, allow myself, uh, to engage in a lot of like ridiculous humor a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Cause I think, uh, what a lot of people might be like, Oh, awkward. I, I really thrived on. And it was just like fun to, to mess around mm-hmm. and, and to, to joke in that way. Um, and I think that was something that really took people aback where they were just like, I don't really know how to respond to this, but okay, I'll, yeah, okay, I'll engage in, in <laughs> uh-huh. who this person is. You yeah, know? amen to that. Yeah. So you built a relationship but, exactly. uh, with a person, you know, it's like, hey, what if friendship was the key to evangelization, right. you know, like, I'm going to build friendship with you and relate with you uh, in a normal way, and then I'm going to share Christ with you. <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, how, what can you share, like, um, it just in order for for us to live free mm-hmm. as sons and, and to be free from the opinions of others. I think, as you alluded, it's all about hearing the voice of God the Father in prayer. And so, can you explain what your prayer life is like now, and how how do you get that daily um, dose of of um, of love and affirmation to to move into your day? Yeah. So first, uh, the general structure that I usually use uh, just as a baseline is. Uh, abiding by the liturgy of the hours by using that structure of the hours uh, to build upon. Uh, and then second, uh, every every day I spend at least uh, a half hour uh, just saying like, Lord, I want to hear what you have to say and I want to stop like reading or I, I want to stop like spewing stuff at you. Um, so I just sit there in silence and allow him just to pour uh, what he has to say out onto me. And like I said earlier, hearing those words, the the voice of my imagination, and then responding back and just having that conversation, writing down as he as he speaks things profoundly about my day that I need to incorporate. Um, and then I allow that uh, to really propel me into my day um, because I, I can't find uh, what the day is really supposed to be about until I find the source of that day. And that source is Jesus. Awesome. It always is. So what do you mean by like when he gives you something for the day and you write it down? Could you give an example of that? Yeah. So, uh, for example, yesterday um, I had my last few finals of the semester uh, and I sat in prayer and I was just like all over the place. I was flustered and the Lord was just speaking to me that he desired to give me his peace for the day. Um, and so it was in that moment that I was just I, I began praying for peace pretty intensely and he 
he just really put my heart at peace, at, at rest. And for the rest of the day, even though I had, you know, finals and papers and all sorts of stuff to, to do, uh, I was just rooted in, in him instead of rooted in uh, the chaos of whatever was going on around me. That's awesome. Yeah. Praise the Lord. I love that. So, um, <clears throat> Patrick, we love stories on the show, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we love stories. So, <laughs> Matthew, do you think you could share a few stories or a story of a time where you saw someone's, like, faith rocked at, through your ministry and just uh, their life transformed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think one of, uh, one of the instances that's been so on my heart as of late uh, towards the end of the summer, I, you know, I was a missionary at Catholic Youth Summer Camp, and, and I was uh, paired up with this other counselor to pray over his campers. Um, and so we uh, just asked these, these campers, they were like sixth and seventh graders, you know, and, and they were like, hey, uh, we, we just asked them, what do you guys need prayers for? And they stepped out boldly, and they're like, we want healings. <laughs> and we're like, all right. All right. Um, All over my exactly. pinky toe, my <laughs> everything. Up Bring until this, Jesus. <laughs> up until this point, you know, I had never received the gift of healing, and so I kind of looked at the counselor and I was like, "You got this." And he's like, "All you, man, <laughs> yeah. step um, up to the plate." Exactly. So the first kid came up, and he had this big old uh, like bump on his head he had like slammed his head on the ground real hard earlier in the day <laughs> and he was like I typical want... youth behavior exactly like a sixth grader yeah uh, and he was like I, I want it gone um so not really uh trusting in my own heart that it would actually happen i was like all right here we go so i just prayed in the name of jesus swelling be gone pain be gone and we watched as the the bump reduced to nothing and he <laughs> yes. fell around and he was like I, I don't feel anything so at this point all of these little sixth grade boys are like freaking out like, yeah. exactly this other kid comes up he has like a stunted growth plate in his arm what we, we pray for it he's like it feels like nothing ever happened like awesome <laughs> uh, all, all of these kids are like wow man it's awesome that you guys have the power to do this we're like whoa no 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 that's not what this is about like this is just a testament to the fact that like the father is so good and he likes to pour out uh, just good, good gifts upon his sons. And we're just allowing him to pour those gifts out. And after we told them that they went to small group that night and there was another kid who had this gash on his knee and he wanted prayers for it. So all of his, his little sixth grade buddies were like, we're going to pray for this together because they, they recognized that they were sons in that moment. And so they rallied together, prayed over this kid's knee the the gash uh scarred over and like even though it was a fresh wound it was gone <laughs> yeah, yeah glory it was that's so insane praise the lord so you you minister healing um and then you help teach sixth graders how to have the faith to exactly. heal right that exactly is, that is insane <laughs> that is amazing thanks so much for sharing that story i yeah. I, I think that's the power too where, where you start so it's not strange, it's not weird if we believe in God the Father. Mm-hmm. So like if we believe that we have a father who loves his children, what father what good father doesn't want to pour out good gifts on his yep. children? And sometimes, you know, dads just do something small to show their their kids that he loves them. And uh, did the kid's little gash in his knee need to be healed in that moment? <laughs> no, it wasn't like it was paralyzing his life in any yeah. way shape or form, but it was simply the father saying, "I just want you to know that I love you." Yeah. And it all goes back to the Father's love. It's just amazing that when we know who we are and when we know whose we are and how much He loves us, just it all flows forth. So how do you think in your day, daily life, how do you minister out of the Father's love? Yeah, um, I think a lot of times I have interactions with people around campus. Um, I, I, one of the things that always strikes me is 
how no one wants to look each other in the eye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so I make it an effort uh, on OSU's campus to like, first of all, look people in the eye and, you know, maybe ask them how their day is going and just kind of taking them off guard of like, what this person is talking to me. I have my headphones <laughs> in. I don't want to talk to this person. Um, and ultimately those conversations usually lead to like, why are you talking to me right now? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, just because, you know, you're another son or daughter of the father and I just felt like I, I needed to talk to you. And sometimes they're really weirded out by that. I don't really care. And sometimes they're like, whoa, that's that's really beautiful that you're willing to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, those sort of interactions are, are super awesome all the time. Uh, and then uh, the other way you just bring the father's love uh, is sometimes just like there's so much negativity around academia a lot of times Mm -hmm. uh, and rising above that is just so striking to people at times where they're like man we have all this stuff to do like oh it'll be fine (laughs) i I believe it will be absolutely okay Uh and a lot of times people are just like what are you talking about we have like seven papers due like i i trust (laughs) yeah it'll be so good you can handle let's have fun (laughs) along the way you know and that just strikes people as so odd sometimes yeah but it's so good i love that that's awesome praise the lord patrick what are you thinking i mean i i love how um just like a a quick comment how um evangelization can just be as simple as loving people and interacting with them because i mean matt you're in the you're 18 years old and you've been raised in the the generation where people look at a screen more than they'll look at a person's Mm -hmm. face and um I just love how maybe God's antidote is is, is just bringing um, like a, a real personalism back into a daily life. Yeah. So, you know, some we we have a lot of testimonies out there that are like you know people moving in power and doing awesome stuff. I love that, but I just really want to honor and celebrate what you're talking about, and that that that's like the new normal that we need that we all need to have and yeah. strive for. So I just want to celebrate you, Lord, you know, Matt and Jesus. Wow. Yeah, amen to Thanks that. Yeah. Praise the Lord. I know. Could could you imagine if our schools and if our workplaces um, did those two things where they actually gave people eye contact and smiled and they didn't speak negative? <laughs> like that <laughs> in and of itself would shift culture. It really yeah. would. And like it would it it would be. Um, and if there was just a real expression of joy and even even in our church culture. Right. I mean, I wonder how often do we speak just negative uh, in church culture that, uh, that we we almost have forgotten that we're on the winning side and we we have uh w- there's a culture war going on but guess what we, we're we're going to come out the victor and we've got a father in heaven who who has every solution to every problem yeah. that we're encountering so matt if you could share like um what is like the burning message you want people to know like what is your anthem cry on your heart mm, yeah as of late what i have just been telling so many people is the fact that the Father has been pursuing you for all of eternity and that he can't imagine an eternity without you. Um, in that, like he doesn't desire to to be just this transcendent God, but he also wants to be imminent and he wants to know your heart and he wants you to know his. Uh, Define transcendent and imminent for yeah, the yeah, those yeah. without <laughs> theology. Of course. <laughs> in uh, a material science way, please. <laughs> yeah. yeah, by transcendent, I just mean he's not just a God who, uh, you know, is like out in the universe and he's impersonal. Um, but by imminent, I mean, he, you know, he wants to be within your life. He wants mm-hmm. to be a, he wants to be in relationship with you. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, 
I'm just so struck by the fact that like so many people live their lives without knowing what it means to be in relationship with a father, um, with any sort of father, first of all, but most specifically with their heavenly father, uh, because the heavenly father's love uh, is just, it, it, again, does not require you to do anything, uh, that he pours it out freely, uh, and it just takes you to accept it, you know, just to open up your hands or metaphorically <laughs> and receive the love that he pours out upon you. Um, so yeah, if I had to, if I had to say anything that's been burning on my heart, it's, it'd just be the fact that people need to be really in relationship with, with a father whose love never lets us go. You know? <laughs> Amen. Where do they find that? Yeah. Uh, so first of all, uh, you should go to adoration <laughs> because that is God made man uh, before you. Uh, I know that's where I encountered him uh, for the first time. Um, and second of all, in prayer, uh, because as a, a baptized Catholic or Christian, uh, you have uh, been purified and you have been, you've been offered to God the Father in that way. Uh, and that he, as a member of uh, his family now, he desires to give you so much. Uh, and even if you haven't been baptized, he still created you uh, and he still desires to pour out his love upon you. Um, so in prayer, most specifically, uh, as you ask for his voice or as you ask for uh, his his love to be poured out upon you, he is going to do that because he He's a loving father, and and he again gives his children good good gifts. So, <laughs> Amen. I'm just getting a strong sense. There's someone listening to the show right now who turned on the radio, and um, you're not really walking in your faith, mm. yet, but you've been hungry and you've been searching, and and that you're hearing Matt talk, and you're like, oh my god, like I just want to have this relationship with this father, and um, <clears throat> and I just want to give you the advice to to go to. Because um, if you don't know what Eucharistic adoration is, I want you to go to your parish priest and just ask him. Ask him what Eucharistic adoration is and find that out and let him share that with you and, and where you can find times to go to Eucharistic adoration. Because the Father is available and, and, and Jesus' love is available in the Eucharist to us at all times. And, um, and I think sometimes if we're new in our faith, we don't know how to gain access to that. And and, uh, and we have access to it at all times in prayer, um, but also at specific times when we're in front of the Eucharistic yep. Lord. So, Matthew, you're involved in a youth group, right? You serve on a mm-hmm. core team. Uh, so you're, you're ministering to middle schoolers and high schoolers every single week. What is the greatest challenge you're seeing in their lives? Yeah, I think a lot of times uh, as I talk to these kids, it's, it's this lack of interest and this lack of, uh, of uh, personability of, of God the Father. Um, I... I went through a similar thing and it, it's, I think first my reaction was it, it's frustrating that they don't get that the father wants to pour out his love so abundantly upon them. Um, and that he's so personal in their lives. Uh, but then I kind of realized like the father is going to do it in due time and that it's just me being distrustful, uh, to, to say that I don't, uh, that I don't see how the father is already working in their lives. Um, and I think that applies to both middle school as well as high school. Uh, high schoolers especially, um, they tend to get so swept away in the culture of their schools and in the culture of their families at times and even just the culture around them um, that they don't see how simple it can be uh, to feel fulfilled. Um, yeah, I I think we try to complicate it a lot. Um, but as I've seen... Uh, 
through the past semester uh, of ministering to these kids, it, it's really simple uh, that they don't desire a whole lot. They just desire to be loved. Um, yeah, and they, they just aren't getting that from their culture. That, that's just the yeah. reality. <laughs> Amen to that. Amen. So um, you talked about Catholic Youth Summer Camp. You mm-hmm. went there as a camper in middle school and high school, and then now you're a missionary uh, throughout the summer. So if a parent wants to find out how they can send their kid to Catholic Youth Summer Camp or a young adult's like, oh, wow, I, I'm intrigued about living in this vibrant community with other young adults and want to be a counselor at, at CYSC, how could they find out? Yeah. Uh, so first, you can go on to CYSC.com. Uh, that's a great uh, way to just get kind of an intro to uh, to Damascus and to Catholic Youth Summer Camp in general. Uh, another way is uh, to, within every parish, I would I would dare say you could probably find someone who has either been touched by or has gone to or ministered at a Catholic Youth Summer Camp. Uh, you could probably talk to your parish priest about that specifically. Uh, they they get all of the uh, the feedback from the campers of the week, um, which is awesome. Uh, and then as well. Uh, periodically, there are Damascus days uh, that are a great resource to go to uh, to experience what a day of camp is like. Um, I would imagine you could probably go on to uh, Catholic Youth Summer Camp, uh, their social media pages, as well as uh, CYSC.com again uh, to see uh, when those dates would be. Awesome. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Well, so good. Matthew, we're so grateful that you're on the show with us today. And I've just yeah, so I've been be rocked here. by your message. I think you've you've unlocked um, a, a key secret uh, to to really growing in the spiritual life at, at an accelerated speed, and our listeners are going to be so blessed by that. So we just want to thank you. We're going to take a short break. You're listening to Encounter, a co-production of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN. Don't go anywhere because after the break, we're going to break open the heart of the Father and prayer ministry. We'll be right back. Lauren Ashburn. I've always been pro-life, but have never been able to talk about it in the news. And now, not only do I share it internally, but I share it with a global audience. The leading Catholic voices are on EWTN Radio. Ever wake up and have your brain just start racing, trying to solve every problem in your life? That's okay. Your brain's just doing what it's supposed to do. It's a problem-solving machine. And while that can be helpful, if you don't keep it in check, that can be really stressful. St. Paul tells us what to do in that situation. He wrote, Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, think about such things, and the God of peace will be with you. Paul wrote that from prison while awaiting trial and execution. So he had plenty of things to obsess about, but he didn't. He thought of things above, and that led to his peace and joy even behind bars. When you find yourself obsessing, read an uplifting book. Or better, try the Gospel of John. Or maybe pray a rosary. But whatever you do, get in the driver's seat of your own thoughts and focus on what lifts you up, not what drags you down. For more from my book, I Am, visit rewriteyourname.com. I'm Chris Stefanik from Real Life Catholic. Hello, and welcome back to Encounter, the show that brings you the life-changing encounters of ordinary people that launch them into lives of extraordinary mission. Wow, Patrick, we just heard from Matthew Turk, who I think is living the extraordinary in an ordinary way, which is just like the call of all Christians, right? What it, um, what stuck out to you the most? I, I just, I'm, I, I love the the sonship. Like, that's the greatest thing. Whenever I hear someone um, go from that, the Father came alive to me, 
and he did it through Jesus, and I'm living in the Holy Spirit right now. It's it's just one of the greatest, most encouraging things. So I'm I'm just so encouraged by his story, his life, and what he's doing at 18 at a pub, at a public university right now, and what he's doing to serve the church. So I'm just like um, I'm so encouraged, and I feel like we constantly need that encouragement because we're so bombarded by bad news. We're so bombarded by um, how 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 wrong the world is. So I'm just so thankful. Yeah, amen to that. You know, I I love this idea that of uh, of your idea of the twelve steps to finding freedom uh, from the fear of man. Just the the power that when we understand um, who God the Father is, and when we hear His voice over our life, we're free from the fear of man. And if we could, I just yeah, I just I I get the sense that just people are hungry for that, right? That like we all want that freedom that we would just be totally free from the opinion of others and. And, and that our peer class wouldn't shape or define who we are, but we would shape and define who they are um, because we've heard the voice of the Father. Yeah, and by the way, I was joking about a 12-step program, but it probably no, actually is a really no, good idea. It's a really good idea. It's going to happen. <laughs> so Ma- Matthew did not— you see the book I on saw, our website, yeah. <laughs> I saw his face. <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm totally doing that. <laughs> He's actually probably writing the book right now. Yes, um, write so, the book. So the— uh, I, yeah, I just think it's amazing too. We hear a lot about like the discipleship method of evangelization, and um, and I think Matthew's testimony is a great example of that. That it really discipleship and forming disciples is ultimately about friendship, and we've lost the art of friendship. I think a lot in, in our culture today of like having real friendships that are oriented towards you know like C.S. Lewis talks about friendship love as like two people standing side by side looking towards a common vision or a common goal, and and I think a lot of times. We've lost that ability to have people like, I'm going to stand side by side with you, and I'm going to lead you to a greater purpose, a greater uh, a foundation of life. And and I think Matthew really shared a lot about how easy that is, right? Like in, in a theater setting that's really complicated and difficult to um, to build friendships and to share the faith, he was able just to do it and, and live relation in, in a college campus and being able to build friendship with people and then share the gospel with them. It just, um, it's it's normal and it's easy it's because it, it it's natural yeah i like natural i like i like organic uh, <laughs> i like i like things that don't have um additives i like natural dan amen to that yeah. so i want people to hear the voice of the father as much as matthew does um patrick can you we've got five minutes do you think you could do a quick teaching on how can people hear the fa- the voice of the father more in their daily life well, yeah, it's really it's really easy because we're actually built. We have a, if you've been baptized, it's part of your new spiritual DNA mm-hmm. to hear God's voice. Jesus said, uh, you know, in, in the Gospel of John, chapter ten, um, "I'm the good shepherd. Uh, you're my sheep." He said, "My sheep hear my voice. They don't recognize the voice of a stranger." So through the Holy Spirit, we actually hear God's voice, and He speaks to you through you. So you, when you, it's as simple as you know, He'll speak to you through. The voice in your mind. He'll speak to you through your imagination. Um, Matt talks. He talked a lot about getting words in his imagination. So that's what faith is. It's just acknowledging the awareness of God speaking to you, in you and through you. The voice of your heart. And so there's many yeah. different ways you could describe it. Many beautiful teachings you could you could go through. But just a confidence that He does speak to you through you. And it's a matter of engaging with Him. Believing he's there in faith. What I like, and then to, oh, I'm sorry, responding, and and then he, you know, he witnesses to your spirit. So there's something inside of you that says, "This is real. This is God." 
And that's what we're, that's what we're going after right now. Mm, amen to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like, I like just to ask him questions and then listen, yeah. listen for an answer. And in the voice of my mind, like that, that Matthew talked about, just listen for the answer and, and latch on to the first thing that, that I hear. And, and a lot of times, you know, the, um, I think there's no reason to fear that it it's not the voice of the Father speaking to us. Like if it's if it's <laughs> if it's not contrary to the faith, then you can have good assurance that the the Father is speaking to you. And um, so I'm just going to lead you guys in, in a quick prayer process. So we're just going to pray in the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And when we enter in a time of prayer, we just quiet our hearts, and we want to just ask the Father a question. So we're just going to ask Him, Father. Do you love Father, me? Do you love me? And we just latch onto that first question, that first answer that we hear. And maybe the Father says, Yes, you know that I love you. Mm, that's exactly what I heard, Dan. Awesome. Thank yeah. you for confirmation, Father God. So, Father, do you love me? And then I'll, I'll go on to another question. I'll just be, Father, what do you think about me right now? And as you're praying that, you just let the Father give you His opinion of you, as opposed to allowing the world to give you their opinion of you, or your own opinion of yourself. Father, what do you think about me right now? Mm. And then my last question that I love to ask the Father is, Father, what do you want me to do today? What do you want me to do today? And I think if we start our day every day just with those three simple questions in prayer, Father, do you love me? Father, what do you think about me right now? And Father, what do you want me to do today? That would become the the life source to unlocking that key that Matthew spoke about, that we find our identity and our affirmation in God the Father's voice, that it doesn't come from the voice of the world. It comes from the voice of God. It doesn't come from the voice of the evil one who speaks lies over you. It comes from the voice of your father who loves you. Mm-hmm. And then you get your marching orders every day that you say, Father, because you love me and because I know you love me and I've heard your affirmation of me, now how do you want me to live in that love today? How can I let that love overflow? And you're going to start living a life that doesn't take from others, but it gives to others. And um, if you if if God blessed you during the show, we always want to hear your testimony. So if Encounter is blessing you, please share your testimonies. You can go to EncounterRadio.org and you can share with us what God's speaking to you. You've been listening to Encounter. It's a co-production of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Visit EncounterRadio.com or you can even download our podcast, Encounter Radio, uh, on all streams where you can get podcasts. So we want you to share our show with others. If it's blessed you, let it bless others. And always share your testimony and how God is blessing you with all of those around you. We are so thankful for you listening. Join us next week on Encounter. God bless.